everyone. Welcome to another episode of Emrata Asks. This is the solo episode that comes out weekly on Hilo with Emrata. It's basically the episode where I pose a question, something I'm curious about, something that's been on my mind, and then investigate it. So we've talked about plastic surgery and feminism, CTE, ethical non-monogamy, jealousy, how to handle jealousy. We've talked about the culture of calling people toxic. We've we've covered a lot. And today I want to talk about oral contraceptives and specifically the pill. So I got sent this um, Twitter thread that included an article that I'm going to be referencing a lot today that basically makes the case that the pill changes who you're attracted to, which means that it impacts not only who you're attracted to, but the dynamics of your relationship, what your sex life is like, how jealous you are. There's even a study that's related to that. And then this, this one really gets me your likelihood of getting a divorce. (laughs) So listen, I've been on and off the pill since I was 17. I've known so many friends who've gone on the pill. And I just think that we don't talk enough about the side effects that are beyond just how it physically and emotionally impacts us like hormonally, you know, where you're, you're feeling, oh my God, I'm so bloated all the time, or I've gained weight, or my boobs are so much bigger, or I'm so emotional when I'm on the pill. People have such a wide range of side effects. We also don't talk about how hormones impact the decisions we make. And particularly when it comes to love and dating, I think this is really fascinating because I am on the pill and I read this article and I was just like, oh my God, this little thing I I take, you know, for pregnancy prevention, there's many reasons people can take the pill, but that personally is, you know, for me, why I'm taking it. And it could impact everything I'm doing in my life. Ah! So we're going to get into into this article today that's um, called Is Sexy in the Eye of the Pill Taker by Sarah E. Hill. It came out in 2020. And we're going to be talking about, I mean, I think overall, it's we, we have seen time and time again that the pill has not been taken seriously always. Um, there was just that that thing a couple years ago that came out where there was a male oral contraceptive that was in development and they announced saying, oh, actually, we're not going to ever put this out because the side effects were too crazy for men. And all these women I follow and know were posting it and were like, what about the side effects of the pill for women? The pill in the 70s, it's definitely gotten better from, you know, it's evolved, and I think now the the hormones are much lower. The estrogen and progesterone that are in the pill are very, very minimum. Doesn't mean that there aren't crazy side effects, and there might be ones that you're not even conscious of. So let's get into it. Stay tuned for more High Low with Emrata. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. 
Okay, so the main study that this article is referencing, researchers brought heterosexual straight women into a research lab and allowed them to basically use a, a computer program to generate a the ideal, they, they manipulated the photographs of male and female faces and they could change the appearance of them by adjusting their jaw, their height, their face width, cheekbone, blah, 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 blah. So they asked these women to manipulate the features on the male face to create the face of their ideal short-term or long-term romantic partner. They also asked them to manipulate the features on the female face to create the face of a maximally attractive woman. That was just used as like a control thing to make sure that they didn't know what the study was. So they did this at two different times points. They did it once before they began taking the birth control pill, and then again three months after they began. So this is where it gets fucking insane. Basically pre-pill and post-pill, they found that the women's ideal male, not female, faces became significantly less masculine once they started taking the pill. So in a different study, they had the, the same researchers looked at whether women who are on the pill actually choose men with less masculine faces as long-term partners um, relative to their non-pill taking counterparts. And they compared the facial masculinity of a sample of men whose partners chose them when they were on birth control the um, ones who chose them when they were not and facial masculinity i know it's kind of complicated but it was assessed by having the faces rated by a separate sample of participants but i'm assuming it's like you know things str strong jaw certain type of brow whatever all the, all the things we know, we traditionally associate with masculine faces and this is even crazier they found that the pill-taking women not only prefer somewhat less masculine male faces they also were more likely to choose those people as long-term partners so it's not just like who they're sleeping with or who they find attractive it's people that they were choosing as long-term partners so why this is so interesting is because that means that there's a ripple effect happening right if you're choosing your partner because of this slight switch in hormones that that changes the quality and the dynamics of your long-term relationships maybe even risk of divorce or infidelity just you know a lot of things if this is what the article says it asks the questions if pill-taking women aren't really all that interested in masculinity cues what exactly are they looking for when it comes to partners so i'm sorry but to put this in terms that I can understand, basically women who aren't digmatized and are on the pill and are a little bit like less digmatized. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's that's just when I read this, I was like, oh, they're just like a little bit more sane. <laughs> There's another part to this that I skipped over. This is really important to know. What they found was that naturally cycling women this is from um, uh, researchers conducted a survey of relationship quality on a sample of more than 2,000 women. They had at least one child. Um, half the women in the sample were on the pill when they met the partners and half of them weren't. They asked some questions about, you know, the quality of their relationship, all of that, whether they were still involved with the relationship or not. This is where it gets crazy. And this is why I said why I'm talking about digmatization <laughs> and being digmatized. They found that naturally cycling women in addition to choosing basically sexier partners with more masculine features, they were also having better sex 
than the women who chose their partners when they were on the pill. They're more sexually aroused. They were orgasming more. They were more sexually adventurous. They're more attracted overall to their partners. They're just more into sex than pill takers, which is pretty interesting, right? So that group of women, when you're naturally, when you're not on the pill, you're more likely to be digmatized. That's fucking crazy. Okay, and then this is really insane. This is consistent with the research that demonstrates that naturally cycling women, at least near ovulation, when fertility is high and estrogen is dominant, they have a keen ear and eye to certain for certain cues to masculinity. So when you know women are in their high fertility, they like like male masculine male faces, they like a deeper voice, they find socially dominant, you know, confident men more attractive than if they're in non-fertile points in the cycle. So you literally get like horny for like it's so crazy. This just really freaks me out. So the pill just kind of decreases the emphasis that women have on these sorts of traits, which by the way, I think this might be a good thing. I think like, I don't know. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I'm on the pill again. They, they're more likely to, to develop a relationship that is less about sex and more about other qualities. So this is where the article gets really interesting. It's like, well, what other qualities? And basically they really look for partners who are more capable to provide. They look at their earning capacity, their intelligence, um, their emotional intelligence, so they basically kind of are focused more on things that will keep them safe and secure um, when they're preparing for pregnancy, which is kind of insane. It's believed to occur, this is what the article says, is believed to occur because the pill mimics a hormonal state in which women's bodies are waiting to see whether a fertilized egg may implant. So basically the pill puts you in a very specific place of your cycle where you're being a little bit more like, huh, I need to think about... <laughs> like nesting essentially. So you're just a little bit, you're less likely to be digmatized and more likely to be logical. So this article cites other research. I'm not going to get into all of that because I think it's a little bit boring. But one of the things that kind of blew me away is the divorce rate around this. So listen, these women who tend to choose these partners are a little bit like, oh, my sex life is meh. I'm not that into my partner or whatever. I don't want to have sex with them that much. But they're less likely to divorce than women who choose their partners when they're not on the pill. Does that not blow you away? That blew me away. I was like, okay, I guess you got to date when you're on the pill. You got to like look for a partner when you're on the pill. So this just this is just there's so many implications to this. Stay tuned for more Emrata asks. Stay tuned for more high low with Emrata. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. I think, you know, it's really interesting to think about, I mean, first of all, there's just so much 
inherent misogyny and sexism in the way in medicine. If you haven't listened to the episode with Sarah Hoover, um, my friend who came on, she talks a lot about um, the history of gynecology and, you know, I mean, it's absolutely insane how black women were specifically were tested on and mutilated. And there was this, you know, kind of conception that they couldn't experience pain. And, you know, Sarah has really thought a lot about this because of her own experience with with her pregnancy and birth. And I've talked about it even um, with friends of mine, like who've gone in. I've, I've also seen TikToks about it when you go into the gynecologist's office to get an IUD, they dilate your cervix, which only happens naturally when you're giving birth. And there's no pain alleviant. Like it's, I've, I had a friend who basically almost passed out. It's a really kind of, it can be a very traumatizing and painful experience. And there's so little care and thought around women's health care. Even postpartum for me, when after I had Sly, you basically are kind of like, you do one checkup six months postpartum. And it's like, they literally check to make sure that your sex or like that your sex organs are working again. And like, there's no kind of, it's, I've, I was really shocked by how little um, care there was around my body postpartum, um, medically at least. So I feel like this is kind of related. I feel like we, you know, our doctors are so quick to prescribe the pill. I have so many friends who got on the pill really, really young because someone said, oh, you know, you should, you, you have acne. Oh, take the pill. Oh, your boobs are too big. Oh, you have, you know, really long periods or cramps, like just take the pill, just take the pill. It regulates everything, makes everything easy. But it's like, what if it's rewiring the chemistry of our brains? And if you're starting so young, that's really scary because your brain is still developing. And, you know, hormones dictate what we're finding more and more of our life and and, and the way we think and the decisions we make that can, so can impact the entire course of your life because a doctor tells you to get on birth control at the age of 13. And uh, I think that's really mind-blowing. So it's important to note at the end of this article, they're like, there's, listen, there's research that totally contradicts this. And there's a lot of studies that have different results. So, you know, this is, this is how these things work with science. And she basically says like, listen, there's may not be definite answers around how the pill impacts the partners we choose or how, you know, what decisions we make around our hormones and how this all works. And it's going to be a long time until we do, but this is important stuff. And like, it's not being talked about enough. And I really feel super strongly about that. I think when I talk to my friends who went on birth control really young, it's like, there's just this sort of kind of like, that's what you do. And it's so, it's such a throwaway thing where it's, it could just be completely changing the course of your life, your likelihood for divorce, for choosing a partner who's going to treat you well. And that's basically what she ends the article with, which is, is which she says, you know, it's really important to take the time to understand what you most desire in a long-term romantic partner and the role that hormones play in nudging our preferences this way and that. And, you know, just really thinking about these things and hopefully it can improve our ability to choose someone who will go the distance, whether we are on the pill or off it. I think that's a really nice ending to this piece, which, you know, does kind of takes you on this journey of like, holy shit, these implications are huge, you know, if these studies are correct. But also it's just shocking that all of this research hasn't been done more um, overall. So 
I'm super curious. I've seen little things online about people talking about their experience with the pill, but I would love to hear from all of you because I personally have, I don't have crazy side effects from the pill. It's why I like taking it because it makes my period very predictable and, you know, short and all that. And I actually, it did, I think, help me gain a little bit of weight, which I really needed to post post breakup postpartum too. And so I like being on it, but my God, I mean, most of my best friends are on or either are have an IUD or have a different method of birth control aside from the pill because they they cannot handle the side effects. So I'm really curious if you have noticed, you know, obviously there's the like, oh man, I was so depressed when I was on the pill or whatever. But how about how that's impacted your decision making? Like were you trying to make a choice about which college to go to and, you know, you're boyfriend at the time moved to a certain place? And are you wondering like, huh, if I was on the pill or I wasn't on the pill, I would have made this decision. I mean, it's really interesting because basically what these studies that she's referencing in this article say is that, you know, the pill is kind of helping women be more logical. Doesn't mean they're having great sex, but they might be choosing better long-term partners, which by the way, what a bummer. You have to choose between really great sex or an a great long-term partner, like boo, tomato, 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 that sucks. Um, but yeah, in, in any case, I really want to hear from all of you about what your experiences with the pill have been and go to hilo.fm to submit your audio notes. I use those audio notes for the subscription episode called Talk Back, which you have to subscribe to. But honestly, I really love those episodes. It's, I feel like the way that we build community on the podcast. And I really feel like, I, I mean, I'm directly hearing from you guys and responding to all of it. And I like that a lot. So please do that or comment on my TikToks or Instagrams about your thoughts. Don't DM me. I, I don't always see all my DMs. So either comment or go to hilo.fm and I'm looking forward to hearing some of your anecdotes and your thoughts around this. It really blew my mind. All right, I will see you all soon. High Low with Emrata is a Sony Music Entertainment, Bitch Era Media, and Something Else production produced by Chelsea Jacobson. Our executive producers are me, Emily Radikowski, and Sarita Wesley. Our senior producer is Medina Parwana, and our associate producer is Rachel Choder. Today's episode was engineered by Samantha Gatsik with original music by The Crystal Pharaoh. Thanks for listening.